Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to another version of the Pastor Do Podcast. Man, thank you for tuning me in. You're the reason I live, to share the Word of God with people who seek the Lord. I believe what I have for you today could be perhaps the most helpful thing that I've ever shared on a podcast. Uh, every day, hey, we're in a battle, you know that, and there's war, there's a spirit war inside of us, the flesh against the spirit. We're living in a world that hates the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we're seeing a falling away in his church. Satan is tightening his grip on the political front, and man, it, it's uh, we're in a battle, and you know that, but the greatest battle is the battle that's inside. Uh, you see the mighty fall oftentimes in Scripture. The great men have their moments. You know, Mo- Moses smote the rock. Uh, David, uh, Bathsheba, Uriah, uh, some sad things along the way. Peter denies the Lord three times, but uh, he got victory over that. That's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, I, I like to kind of gather the, more of a theme. What I share with you today is like a guaranteed victory. I mean, think about that. Guaranteed victory or a guaranteed uh, failure, just more laps in the wilderness. It's our choice. That's the neat thing. It's our choice. You don't have to sit back and say, oh, am I going to make it? Or uh, how is it going to turn out? No. God sets before us life and death, blessing or cursing. He says, choose you this day whom you'll serve. This message came to me through counseling uh, thousands of people for thousands and thousands of hours, having maybe, I'll just estimate, a thousand people on one side that really got the victory. Woohoo! Uh, they came to the pastor for help, and man, it opened the scriptures, and I, I listened to them, and I empathized with them, and sometimes I got in their face, and I gave them the word of God, gave them the message that I'm going to give you, and they got victory. But for everyone that got the victory, I, I mean, I don't know the numbers. I'm just guessing. Just say there's another thousand, maybe, maybe more, who came to me in desperation and, uh, oh, help me, help me. And I, I listened to them and, and I empathized with them and I opened the scriptures with them and I shared with them exactly the same thing. I shared with the people who got the victory, but these people did not get the victory. <laughs> you see, it really didn't have much to do with the counselor. I don't consider myself a great counselor, but I point them to the one who is the great counselor, the great I am, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when I see that group that got it, got the victory, they're knocked down out of the saddle. They get back in the saddle. They're knocked down, but they're not knocked out. Uh, And I see those that fell by the wayside, choked out by the cares of the world, uh, grew for a little while, then fell away. Uh, didn't take root. And uh, I remember as a young pastor, I would take responsibility. When people would not get the victory, I'd blame myself. Oh, what a lousy counselor I am. And for many years, I felt that way. I mean, I still stayed at it and did the best I could. But I, I realized it's not me. It's them. It's the condition of their heart. The crowd that got the victory were broken. The group that continued in failure, did not get back up, did their laps in the wilderness. They were desperate. They both kind of feel the same way. (laughs) Brokenness versus desperation. Emotionally, they kind of can feel the same way, but spiritually, they're polar opposites. I'm going to show you why, what that really looks like 
in Scripture. You look at uh, just some examples. Mary Magdalene, uh, in whom dwelt seven devils, uh, a harlot, just the scum of the earth as far as society was concerned, but she was a broken heart, and she found Jesus, and she let go, and she let God, and she became one of those women that followed uh, the disciples and ministered to them. Uh, They're often mentioned in Scripture, but just kind of disregarded. She was one of those gals. I mean, she just followed Jesus, that's all, and he chose to reveal himself after the resurrection first to Mary Magdalene. Let's compare her to Nicodemus, who comes to Jesus in John chapter 3. It's the Passover. He's a Pharisee, a ruler of the Jews, uh, recognized, wealthy, educated, but he doesn't really want to sacrifice perhaps his job, his ego, his standing in the community for being publicly identified with Jesus. So he sneaks in at night at at, uh, the Garden of Gethsemane, and he meets Jesus, the Son of God, live at Gethsemane, where Jesus proceeds to give him John 3.6. 16, live, for God so loved the world. And Nicodemus got confused, didn't like what he was hearing. He came into the garden, lost that night, heard John 3, 16, live from the Son of God, from the lips of Jesus, and he walked away lost. Difference between him and Mary Magdalene, she was broken, and she surrendered everything to Jesus. He was interested. (laughs) He was kind of desperate to find out who this Jesus might be, but he doesn't want anybody to let anybody know that he's listening to this Jesus guy. See, it was still all about himself. Mary Magdalene, it was just all about Jesus. She was broken. He was kind of religiously desperate. No change. But later on at the resurrection, he got, he connected the dots, excuse me, at the crucifixion, he joined Joseph of Arimathea to get the body of Jesus, remove it from the cross, prepare it for a burial, and actually bury it in that uh, borrowed tomb. So Nicodemus did get it in the end, but there's a complete difference. Uh, Zacchaeus, uh, up in the sycamore tree, a pathetic Jew, sided with the Romans to take unjust taxes from his own people, scum of the earth, but he was broken. He climbs up the sycamore tree to see Jesus. And Jesus says, come on down. I'm going to your house today. And he was broken and said, anything that I've taken, I'll restore it fourfold. Became a committed, broken follower of Jesus. Compare him to the rich young ruler who came to Jesus, had his theology together, kind of what must I do to be saved? And Jesus says, reminds him about the commandments. Oh, I've kept the commandments my whole life. (laughs) Showed he was ignorant. Nobody keeps all the commandments. We break them all. And he was desperate, but he wasn't uh, broken because he chose not to listen to Jesus. See that Mary Magdalene listened to Jesus. Zacchaeus listened to Jesus. Nicodemus tuned him out. Rich young ruler tuned him out. And uh, we look at the woman at the well, John chapter 4. Jesus was so kind to her. The disciples don't want to be in Samaria. They're half-breeds. They've broken the law. Well, hey, we've all broken the law. And Jesus didn't play that race game. He didn't play that gender game. And he just met her where she was, gave her the truth. And uh, she's being friendly and get me a drink and the water. Jesus said, I'll give you water that you will never thirst again. And give me this water. Ha, ha, ha. Chit-chatty. And then... uh, Jesus says, go tell your husband uh, about me. And she said, oh, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said, this is true. I'll use the word sweetheart. He probably didn't. That's true, sweetheart. But you've had five, and the guy you're living with is not your husband. Ooh, we would say in my day, busted. And what happened to her? She was broken. 
She didn't argue with him. She did not defend herself. And she put her faith and trust in him. We know that Messiah comes. He'll tell us all things. Jesus said to her straight up, I that speak unto thee am he. She received the word. She was broken. She runs into town in the next two, three days. Uh, the whole Half the town gets saved. She was broken. Then you see like Pilate. Here's Pilate having uh, meeting the same Jesus. <laughs> and his wife had had the dream. Don't mess with this guy. He's innocent. And Pilate knew he was innocent. He knew it was for envy they delivered it unto him. And he's face to face with the Son of God. He knows he's innocent. He wants to set him free, but he... He wanted to obey the people. He wanted to keep the people happy. He was desperate, but he was not broken. So you see all the way through Scripture, those that got the victory, it's because they were broken. They obeyed. And those who did not get the victory, who, who made terrible failures, oh, they were desperate. They were emotional. They're facing God. They had the word of God just like the others did, but they weren't broken. Desperate, yes. Broken, no. I have my Bible open to Psalm 34, 18. I'm just going to give you like four verses, but let me tell you, there's, there's a whole bunch of them. How about this? The Lord is nigh or close unto them that are of a broken heart and save us such as be of a contrite spirit. I'm going to take you now to um, Psalm 51, 17. This is David's penitent psalm when he had... Uh, been visited by the prophet uh, Nathan after he had uh, committed uh, adultery with Bathsheba and murdered her innocent husband. And he lived a lie for almost a year until Nathan shows up, puts his finger in his face and said, you're the man, you're guilty. Here's exactly what you've done. Here's David's response. Horrible sin. Psalm 51, 17. David said, the sacrifices, or verse 16, for thou desirest not sacrifice, otherwise I would have given it. You delight not in burnt offerings. That's the outside religious things that we do. And they have their place. They show on the outside what we believe on the inside. But sometimes you could do the outside things and not have the inside things together. So he goes right for the victory. Verse 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. I'm going to take you now to Psalm 139. Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. Uh, uh, Psalm of David, search me, O oh God. He is struggling. He's got the weight of the world on his shoulders. He's been rejected by his king. He's a vagabond. He's lost his job. He's lost his fortune. His wife left him during this time. And, uh, he's, he's a vagabond on the backside of Judean wilderness and, uh, listen to his heart. Psalm 139 verse 23, search me, O God, and know my heart. You know, God knows our heart. And try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You see, it's brokenness is when we make contact with God. It's at that point of brokenness where the power of the Holy Spirit is unleashed in, in our lives. Um, until there is brokenness in our heart, my, my view is that the Lord, as he does work in the lives of people who are not broken, 
he's doing everything he's doing is to bring them to the point of brokenness. Things will go wrong, wrong, wrong. I think that's how it happened to me. It's what brought me to Christ. Everything I touched got messed up. I'm getting high every day. I'm lying constantly. I'm living uh, a moral life of an alley cat. I'm just a mess. And things weren't working out for me. And uh, things are going wrong. Uh, Everything in my life, it's like a spinning top and just spins over here, boom, and hits the side and goes over here and boom. And and finally, it brought to me as an 18-year-old kid just graduating high school. I was a mess, and I knew it. I tried and tried and tried, and the more I tried, I can't get no satisfaction. I was a mess. And somebody told me about Jesus, invites me to church. I hear the word of God without compromise, telling me I'm a sinner. Jesus is a savior. With It's by grace through faith, not the works of righteousness, which we do. And if I would call on the name of the Lord, I would be saved. And old things would pass away, and all things would become new. And in my brokenness, as an 18-year-old kid, I cried out to the Lord. And he started fixing things, one thing after another. So until there is brokenness, God's moving in our life will just be about bringing us to that point of brokenness where he can begin that fantastic work in us. So I'm sitting there in my office. I'm counseling people, most oftentimes maritally, and just, oh, boy, I'm not a lead pastor anymore, and I don't, get, I don't do this much anymore, and I don't miss it. But, I mean, I've spent uh, a 1,000 hours with people staring at me, sitting on my couch, uh, the woman on the far side and, and, the, and the husband on the near side, you know, when they're, I'm doing premarital counseling, they're all over each other, they're in each other's arms, they're hold, arms this way and holding hands this way, and, and uh, they're, they're just, you know, I want to get married, I'm in love, and then two years later, they're sitting on opposite sides of the, of the couch, and we're not in love anymore, but they, they believe in God, and they know that they got to work through this, so they're in my office, and emotionally, they're a wreck. Like I said, I had a thousand who got it and I had a thousand who didn't. It really didn't have much to do with me at all. It had to do with the condition of their heart. And uh, (laughs) if they're broken, victory always came. If they're desperate, we were wasting each other's time. Here's the difference between brokenness and desperation. The earmarks of true brokenness would be I want to be Christ-centered. Whatever Jesus says to me, those are my marching orders. Their eyes are on Jesus. They're at his feet. Their ears are open to him. They're listening. That's brokenness. Desperation, on the other hand, is self-centered. What do I got to do to get what I want? How can I be stay in control of the situation? Desperation. Can't fix that. God can only bring them to brokenness. Earmark of brokenness number two, accepting full responsibility. It's my fault. I screwed up. Earmark of desperation, (laughs) excusing themselves, blame shifting. Well, they didn't do this and -and so-and-so did that. And it's not, I I didn't sign up for this. It's all self-centered. It's all excusing self. It's blame shifting. Brokenness. No blame shifting. Taking full responsibility. Brokenness. No vengeance. (laughs) 
desperation, vengeance, get even. I want to stay in control. If if you hurt me, I'll hurt you back twice as hard. Vengeance. Vengeance belongs to the Lord, not to an angry spouse. Come on, man. Brokenness will bring about victory. Desperation will only make things worse. Brokenness has no personal agenda. I'll just do what I have to do from the word of God uh, to get the thing remedied. I'll listen to counsel. I'll listen to the needs of my mate. I'll listen to their explanation. I'll keep my big mouth shut. Uh, I'll I'll take it on the chin. I'm not going to try to have a game. I'll do this if you do that. But if you don't do this, I won't do that. No, it doesn't matter what the other person does. It only matters what God says for me to do. And I'm listening to him. I'm broken before him. I'm determined. I, I don't, if I don't get my own way, that's okay. I'm broken. If I don't get my own way, I'm going to end up getting God's way. And God will fix whatever's wrong. I remember in my brokenness, I had a girlfriend break up with me and broke my heart. Woe is me. My world was shattered. Poor Duke. And I had a dear uh, mother in Israel, I would say, my friend Mrs. Hager, who brought me in and kind of mommed me for a few years when I was in very critical stages of growth. She just hugged me and she said, Duke, don't get stupid. Don't blame shift. Keep your eyes on Jesus. God has something better for you. I didn't want to hear it because I wanted my girlfriend back. But she was so right. Thank you, Mrs. Hager. Can't wait for all of you to meet her on the other side. She's in heaven. I got to preach her funeral. One of the giant people in my life. Love her forever. And her son and daughter-in-law and family. Some of the pivotal people in my early walk with Jesus. Where would we be without those giants God puts in our lives in those early days? Brokenness has no personal agenda. However, uh, desperation, here's my plans. Pastor, you need to you need to help me fulfill my plans. You need to make them listen to me. An agenda? No. Desperation is just self-centered, going to have it my way. Brokenness, the exact opposite. Brokenness listens to counsel. Desperation tries to use the counselor as a uh, tool to get my own way and get that other person under my control. Brokenness, controlled by God. Desperation, controlled by my flesh. Or even worse, controlled by the devil. You see, uh, they have that, that emotion, kind of feels the same, I'm hurt. But the response is totally opposite. Brokenness is controlled by God. Desperation, controlled by self, the flesh, the world, the devil. Brokenness will worship God through it all. Doesn't matter what happens. I'm going to worship my way through. I remember the greatest heartache I ever had. I think in my life, uh, uh, lost a grandson, full term, died in the womb the day before his due date. His name was his name is uh, Caleb Michael Hergit. He's in heaven. We'll meet him one day. I remember in that uh, horrible moment, driving up from Albany, where I got the text that we lost the baby from my son. I wailed. I screamed. I wept. And I praise God with all my heart. We worshiped our way through. My family, we drew close to one another. We loved one another fervently. 
and we worshiped our way through. We didn't blame God. Uh, we're living in a fallen world uh, where there's medical, all kinds of terrible, toxic things, and who knows? Oh, God knows, and he's good, and he's big, and he loves us. And so brokenness will just worship God, if you love me, keep my commandments. We'll stay obedient even when we don't understand, even when we're broken heart. Desperation, on the other hand, worship self. If I don't get what I want, I'm not going to listen. Desperation wants and watches for uh, a foothold, how I can get back in control of this situation. It's devious. Brokenness is so much simpler. In brokenness, there's no fear of inquiry about the situation. In counsel, when I ask people what, what happened, in brokenness, people will tell the truth. In desperation, they'll give their version of the story to make themselves look better, and they'll blame shift along the way. Brokenness. There's a growing confidence. I'm broken before God, and the sweet Holy Spirit begins to say, hey, okay, I screwed up, but God still loves me. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses me from all sin. I'm right with God now. I was wrong then. That's what caused all this stuff. It was my fault, not God's. I'm right with God now. We worship our way through, and confidence kicks in. I'm going to do the right thing. And I remember when I was brokenhearted, Mrs. Hager was counseling me, just do the next right thing, Duke. Don't do anything stupid. God has something better for you. I begin to get confidence. God was healing my heart, my broken heart, and I trusted him. I did the next right thing. I was growing, and it was God's timing. In the summer of 76, uh, I met uh, the woman of my dreams, and Mrs. Hager was right. You see, along the way, in my brokenness, God began to give me confidence. In desperation, there is growing doubt. There is growing impatience. There is growing intolerance. They're getting more frustrated. I deserve to be served. I deserve better than this. And that desperation, when things aren't going their way, they quit the counselor. I talked to the pastor. It, I didn't get my own way. He didn't tell me what I wanted to hear. And they blame the pastor. Or they blame the counselor being lousy, which... I found that it wasn't me at all. It was their heart, but it still broke my heart when they said that about me, but it didn't, I didn't quit. I kept worshiping my way through. I'm still in this saddle 44 and a half years down the road, but then they begin to drift away from God's word, away from God's house. They quit serving the Lord and they think it's going to get better. I'm going to quit God and expect him to make it better. But you see, brokenness is patient. It has peace. Even in the midst of the storm, the presence of the Lord is there. That will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. The person who's broken during the trial, things are still messed up on the outside. My heart is still breaking, but they have a servant's spirit, a servant's heart. I'm going to serve God, even though my dreams are shattered. I'm going to serve people, even though I'm hurting. I'm going to try to bring good cheer to others, even though I, I don't feel it myself. <laughs> you see, God's kicked in now. He's in control of the situation. They have a servant spirit. And those who are broken, they stay in the word, even though it, 
salt in our wounds sometimes. They stay in church because they know they need it, and they see everybody else that looks like they don't have any problems at all, and I'm the only one here hurting. That's a big fat lie. 80% of the people there are hurting. They just have their eyes on the Lord. They don't come in and complain. They just come in and listen to God, and they know he'll help them through their trials, and they continue to serve. I'm just thinking of a one uh, man in my church. I'll just call his by first name, Gene. This guy came to Christ after a, a horrific marriage breakup, and uh, his ex-wife just did everything in the world to make life miserable for him financially, emotionally, tried to use the kids to turn them against him, which she failed, thankfully, on that. But this guy just came to Christ, kept his eyes on the Lord, kept his hands on the plow, went deeper in the Word, served the church, served people in the church, went without, and there was no uh, light at the end of the tunnel. I remember counseling this broken man, and I, I told him the same thing Mrs. Hager told me. Well, God's got something better for you, and he'll turn it around someday. I had no clue how this would happen. It looked hopeless. And you know what? God did touch this man with a broken heart, turn things around, and oh my goodness, he was remarried to a godly woman, and uh, it was kind of yours, uh, blended family. And out of that family, two of the children went full-time in ministry and are serving the Lord in growing, vibrant churches to this day. Oh, my goodness. And it really wasn't about any great counsel that I had for Gene. I, I think I probably gave him this list that I'm working off of with you today because that's how I start people off. I don't go in and just just say, hey, I'm here. I'm super counselor. I'm Pastor Duke. I'll help you through this. No, it had nothing much to do at all with me. has everything to do with them. When we're broken, God's word will be a guide to our path. If we're desperate, it's not going to go our way. We'll give up. We'll quit God. You know, you look at the great people of scripture and you could just see that moment of brokenness. Moses, I'll deliver Israel. I'm the right guy. I know the story about my birth, and my mama floated me out on the Nile River, and I was found by Pharaoh's daughter, and I'm the guy that's going to do it. Nope, God doesn't need all that. But when Moses was up on that mountain hurt and saw the burning bush, <laughs> he took off his shoes because he's on holy ground, and what God called him to do, he had doubts, but he surrendered to that calling, and he became mighty Moses the burning bush. Moses was broken. You could tell when God said, throw it on your staff, it became a serpent. God said, pick it up by the tail. Ooh, a cobra. You don't want to pick it up by the tail because that's like certain death. But Moses was broken. God told him what to do. He did it. He grabs that serpent by the tail. Instantly, it became the staff again. You see, that was a sign of Moses' brokenness. Jacob <laughs> swindles the, the ble- a birthright from his brother, cheats, lies, steals, confer- confers with his mother to lie to his dad, and a mess. His name meant liar, usurper. And then he has the, the moment of the dream, the, Jacob's ladder. He wakes up from the dream and says, Surely the Lord was in this place, and I knew it not. Oh, my brokenness. And now you, you live for money, bigger, better, more, and now... He's connected with God. He's broken. He says, I'll tithe of all my increase. I don't care about money anymore. He's broken. And his life began on a wonderful track, a, a trajectory of becoming Israel, the 12 tribes. But there was that moment of brokenness at Bethel. And he got back to Bethel every chance he got. 
The Apostle Paul had his Damascus Road experience with the Lord. He's on the way to Damascus to to arrest the Christians, to bring them back and jail them and kill some of them, the ringleaders, and then he met Jesus. And he cried out, Lord, what do you want me to do? And later, as he gave his testimony, he, he admitted, I, I thought I was doing God a favor. I was in darkness, but he lit up my path. I was, uh, it was broken on the Damascus road, and he never looked back. Peter heard about Jesus through John the Baptist, and then John the Baptist's word was true. Jesus shows up. He hears Jesus preach, and he dropped his nets and followed Jesus, that time of brokenness. And even after he denied the Lord three times, what did he do? He went out and wept bitterly. He was broken before the Lord. And who did the Lord choose to preach that first great sermon on the day of Pentecost? Peter. You see, repentance, brokenness will open the door for God to use you mightily. We could go on and on. Uh, David, uh, highs and lows, but when he was confronted with his sin, he wrote Psalm 32. He wrote Psalm 51, these verses that I just had read to you earlier. Broken heart, a contrite spirit, O Lord, you will not despise. And so our victory isn't in our intelligence to figure it out, to work our way through, to connect the dots, to overcome it. No, no, no. That's that's our strength. It's insufficient. It runs out so fast. It quits. But brokenness, (laughs) that throws open the doors for God's power, for God's wisdom, for God's providence, for God to move in the life of the other people who are part of the problem oftentimes. But you know what? It has nothing whatsoever to do what's happening in the lives of the other people. Brokenness before God is I'm going to do the right thing with the right hard attitude no matter what happens on the outside. If people buy into me or resist me, doesn't really matter. I've chosen to have my eyes on the Lord, my heart broken at his feet, my ears listening to his word. His word will be a lamp to my feet. I'm not going to see how I can be in, get in control of the situation and use these people. No, no, no. That's desperation, and it will always fail. Jesus will never fail, and I've come to the conclusion that I'll always fail. I think that's probably true for you, too. Without Jesus, we can do nothing. And so there it is. Where do we stand today? Brokenness or desperation? You know, in closing, I look back on my own life, and I've been blessed. God called me. I surrendered to that call. And I've seen God do build churches, which our church established other churches. I've seen many people come to Christ. We're blessed with three kids, eight grandkids, and one in heaven. Mentioned Caleb earlier. We've seen the church grow, missionaries sent, 75 people out of our church now, out in full-time ministry. What a blessing, mighty men and women who've risen up among us. And I look back, it's not by the ability, oh, you're a good storyteller, you're a good preacher. No, 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 no. I got it, the feet of Jesus. As an 18-year-old kid, he called me and I surrendered. And I look back at the altar of Cook Road Baptist Church. Man, I, as a young man, 18, 19, 20 years old, I hit that altar. One night we broke into the church through a, a window and uh, we opened it up and we had an all-night prayer meeting. Broke into the church and prayed all night. Pastor came in the morning, how'd you guys get in? And we had to confess. 
But uh, you have a surrendered heart. What a future God has for you. doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but it means you face nothing alone. He'll be with you. So thanks for tuning in today. I hope uh, this will be a blessing to you. You might want to listen to this one over again and uh, take notes. Don't be desperate. No, no reason to. It just leads to failure. You're broken before this holy God. He loves you. So do I. Thanks for tuning in today. God bless.